0: All right, we're going to be in Ephesians this morning, Uh, Ephesians part 2. We did Ephesians 1 last week, and this week we're in Ephesians 2. The lectionary this week is 11 to 22. Uh, I'm going to add verse 10 onto that. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Jesus Christ to join him in the work he does. The good work he has got, gotten ready for us to do. Work we had been, better be doing. But don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you outsiders to God's ways had no idea of any of this, didn't know the first thing about the way God works, hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing of the rich history of God's covenants and promises in Israel, hadn't had a clue about what God was doing in the world at large. Now because of Christ dying that death, shedding the blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. The Messiah has made up things, has made things up between us so that we're now together On this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders, he tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. Christ brought us together. Through his death on the cross, the cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. That's plain enough, isn't it? You are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the, name as Christi- to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He is using us all, irrespective of how we got here and in, in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. The word of the Lord. Uh, if you can bear with the male pronouns there, I feel like this is a just such a beautiful, beautiful passage. Um, we're continuing in Ephesians this week. Last week, we talked about grace and the sheer depth of grace, and I think this is Uh, a good continuation off of of last week's message. Uh, So just to recap, in case you you weren't here uh, last week, we talked about grace being the very core of all that we see and don't see, feel and don't feel. God's grace is a deep love that is actually found in you, and Paul, or the writer of Ephesians, talks about that again here in this text. It's found in you, it's found in you. The writer of Ephesians says it like this, it's in Christ that you are free, and all of this energy issues from Christ, or is from Christ. Richard Rohr, the great Franciscan priest, calls this the cosmic Christ. The cosmic Christ is the idea that Christ is the incarnated movement of God before the beginning of space and time. John Duns Scotus says, Christ was the very first idea in the mind of God. And God has never stopped thinking, dreaming, or creating the Christ. It's the cosmic Christ. The author of the Gospel of John wrote it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The cosmic Christ is the divine energy of the universe birthed for 13.8 billion years ago. And in the incarnation and sacrificial life of Jesus made known the reality of the invisible and mysterious God, a God that is more expansive, deep, and inclusive than our minds are even capable of grasping. It's demonstrated that this deep love was long ago found in the person of Jesus, the cosmic Christ, which God has let us know the mystery of God's purpose, what the writer of Ephesians calls the hidden plan that she so kindly made from the beginning in Christ as a plan for the fullness of all time to sum up all things in Christ. It's interesting, just as an aside, you'll notice uh, that in the New Testament in, in the uh, letters of, of Paul and the epistles that uh, Jesus is rarely ever referenced, but the Christ is, is what's most commonly referenced. This idea that uh, that the Christ is something that goes even deeper beyond just the person of Jesus. That the Christ is actually found in, in you and in me. The very first idea in the mind of God. So that was Ephesians 1 and part of Ephesians 2 here. God's saving work through Jesus is moving through all people and all things, bringing everything together so that it can all be brought into right relationship. That's this movement of reconciliation, that everything can, be, everything can be put into right relationship, all things, all people. The theme of God's grace through the work of Christ is continued in this morning's reading. Verse 10, quote, No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. She creates each of us in Jesus Christ, to join her in the work that she does, the good work that she has gotten ready for us to do, the work we had better be doing. I love this idea that Ephesians 1 talks about the overwhelming grace and love of God, and then Ephesians 2 connects that work of grace and that work of love to the work that we had better be doing. It's a both and. So the grace is completely free gift that gives you absolute freedom, freedom from the burden of performance, freedom from the burden of performance that we talked about last week. But what does grace do within you? What does grace do within you when you don't feel like there's any hope? Um, Grace is alive and pulsing, and I believe it's pure creative energy. She creates each of us by Jesus Christ to join her in the work that she does. What is this good work that God is getting us ready for, the work that we had better be doing? I think grace is so overwhelming that if we get it, and I'll admit that, it's difficult to always do so. But I think this work propels us into the the work of reconciliation and peace in our world, bringing a world that is often chaotic and violent hopeless and unjust into God's work of creating wholeness and right relationship in our lives, in our time, in our community, in our world, bringing everything into right relationship. So I want to think about this idea of home. Uh, The writer of Ephesians here references home a lot and what it means to, to be in a sense of belonging, both belonging with God and belonging in this space of right relationship with each other in this place that we call home. Everyone deserves a place to call home. But we know that that's not the reality for many people in our world. Um, Many people do not have a place that they can call home. We've talked about this a lot here at Mission Hills. Um, According to the 2018 uh, homelessness count in LA County, we still have over 53,000 people that are homeless. Everyone deserves a place to call home. And even though uh, it was another wild week, can we just laugh for a second? This week was crazy, (laughs) crazy. (sighs) Even though it was another wild week, we still have a government who will not recognize fleeing, people fleeing oppression in their own homes as human beings trying to make a home in a new country. Everyone deserves a place to call home. So because of the draconian US policy of separating families at our borders, our government is still not able to find the parents of at least 71 children at least 71 children. So that's uh, 1,609 parents in government custody, but still potentially hundreds of parents that have either been deported or released already, or maybe still somewhere in federal or state custody. They don't know. Um, This kind of cruel behavior is the epitome of the work that we had better be doing to fight against Because grace has set us free and included us into the expansive love of God, our work is to love others. Uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions and part-time keeper Elf quoted the Apostle Paul, quoted the Apostle Paul, many of you might remember this, to defend heinous crimes against children and their families, one of the cruelest policies we've ever seen our nation commit against the most vulnerable people in the world, quoted the apostle Paul, children and parents fleeing oppression. And he had the nerve to quote the Bible to defend his own hatred and violence. It's pathetic. And many people were silent after he did this. And if you saw the clip, he had a smile across his face when he was saying it, def- using the, the, the Bible to defend his own hatred and violence. So I'm going to quote some Apostle Paul back at him. From our text today, you are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home, and she is using us all. 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 Paul is dismantling or whoever the writer of Ephesians is, it's debated. But Paul is dismantling the idea that God lives in one place. Paul is throwing out the idea that God blesses one nation over another, or one country, or group of people, or ethnicity. Paul is subverting the concept that God only calls a certain type of person to the family table. So when people like Jeff Sessions, or others, quote the Bible to justify this kind of hatred, Uh, it's a 100% contrary to the will of God. The will of God is to set a place at the table for everyone, and this works itself out both theologically and practically, because you'll see a lot of people, they'll want to make this sort of inclusive statement theologically, that we understand God invites everybody, but when it comes to actually doing it in life, we don't actually see this movement. So it's both a theological idea and then one that has to be worked out practically. The inclusive love of God is not something we just say, but it's something we are called to enact. And that is what this movement of grace in Ephesians 1 and 2 is doing, that we are so loved and overwhelmed by the grace of God that we cannot help but love and have grace for those in the same way. Paul says you are no longer wandering exile, you're no longer strangers, you belong here. The gospel of Christ in the life of Jesus shows us that it is the sinner, the outcast, the poor, the exile, the prisoner, the sick, the loser, the immigrant, the refugee, the prodigal, the uneducated, the screw up, the powerless. It is those people who find the kingdom of God. It is often the rich and powerful that loathe the poor. They loathe the powerless. And they, lo- they loathe that, that the poor and powerless get invited to the party. And they often, in the gospels, decline their invitation. Jesus, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting parable. Jesus told the story of a, a vineyard owner who needed workers, so he goes out early in the morning, so, works out a deal where um, he'll pay each, each worker, you know, 9 AM, I'll pay you a denarius. So they agree, they go out in the vineyard. And he does this a few times, the owner does this a few times throughout the day, needs more workers, goes out, agrees to pay them the same amount, they go out and work. And at the end of the day, it's all time to, to go home, pack up, 5 o'clock. Um, he, he ends up, the vineyard owner goes up and pays the last ones to arrive, he pays them first. And by the time uh, they work down to those that got hired on the first of the day, um, those that were hired first say this, hey, these were hired only an hour ago and you paid them equal to us who have borne the whole burden of the work and the heat of the day. It's really difficult to understand that grace is extended to all. It doesn't matter how long you've worked, it doesn't matter where you came from, it doesn't doesn't matter how much education you have, that the generosity of God is for everyone. But this bothers those who see equality and equity as a slight against their perceived privilege. Paul says, you belong here. And you have as much a right as anyone. God is building a home. She is using us all. She needs us all. The grace of Christ has set you free by love. What will you do with the freedom and grace and love that you have been given? How can you bring healing into the world? How can you bring justice, peace, reconciliation, right relationship to those who do not have it. God's home is not complete without us all. Let's take a moment um, in just quiet contemplation. Um, I want to let God's spirit uh, guide each of us this morning for a couple of minutes, and then Lauren will come up and close us with the song. Loving God, speak to us, teach us, create in us uh, a new spirit and a new mind, uh, one of kindness and compassion, rooted in your overwhelming love and grace, even beyond uh, what we can feel and understand. uh, Most of the time in our weeks, uh, we're just upset at the person in front of us in traffic or... Mad at the person in front of us in the grocery store, um, that we forget that your overwhelming love and grace is here to stir compassion and kindness in how we live. So make us more like you, make us compassionate and kind, even when we don't feel it.